Welcome to Real Estate Investing in the Real World podcast. The topic of this episode is the seven rules of home buying. So whether you're buying a home right now or you have a friend or a family member who's about to buy a home, what I'm about to share with you is critical. So please heed the wisdom I share with you. I've had friends and family myself who didn't follow some of these rules and they would call me back and say, Phil, I wish I would have listened to you. And you will see where this authority that I have comes from on this specific subject. Rule number one, choose wisely. Because buying a home, listen carefully, can be like going to jail. It can be a whole lot easier to get in than to get out. You might be thinking, prison? Phil, come on, we're buying a home here. It's for real. I have spent a lifetime working with motivated sellers. I'm a professional real estate investor. I've dealt with thousands of them, either indirectly or directly. I know exactly what puts them in those situations. Some of it is completely outside of their control, but sometimes it's because they broke one of these seven sacred rules. And I have seen the kind of pain that a home can cause someone when they can't get out of it and they want to get out of it. Let's say, for example, a spouse gets transitioned through a job transfer, but they're stuck with the family. The wife and kids are stuck at the old home and the new spouse now is, is out at their, at their new position and they can't move and they're separated for months, sometimes years. I've seen the kind of stress that a home can cause. So you must choose wisely. And that's what's going to permeate through the rest of these rules. Because remember, it's a lot easier to get in than to get out. Rule number two, be patient. It sounds simple, but it can be difficult to follow in real life. That's because there's so many forces at play that are driving you to make a home buying decision now. Whether it's all of the marketing from mortgage brokers and real estate agents and home builders and anybody in the real estate industry, which is billions and billions of dollars of marketing being thrown at you. But then also it's just our human nature. You know, we want things now. But the problem is a home buying decision is such an enormous decision. And if you make the wrong one, like we talked about in rule number one, it can feel like going to prison. So you've got to make it wisely and that requires patience. I'm going to give you an example. So let's say you are... Uh, being transferred through a job to an entirely new area that you're not familiar with. I want you to apply what I call the one-year rent rule. And that is, if you're moving to a new area, rather than buy a home right away, which is what most people do, right? They think, oh, I'm getting a job transfer. I need to go house hunting. Uh-uh. You need to go rent hunting. You need to rent for a year because there's a lot of things you don't know that you don't know, even if you think you know, about the area and about your job and about the situation. And so I had some friends of mine, this was a long time ago when I lived in Nashville, Tennessee, that had uh, been in Colorado and they called me up and they said, Phil, great news. I just got a job transfer for Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to be in the same city together. I'm so excited. And I said, that's fantastic. They said, well, can you help me with, with buying a home? And I said, no, no, of course not. You need to rent for a year. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm that kind of person, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty opinionated. And they said, Phil, 
look, we want to be a homeowner. We don't, we don't want to be renting and throw away money for a year. And I said, no, you don't understand. In the long run, home ownership is the winner. But in the short term, this is a new transition for you all. You've never lived in Nashville. You don't know exactly what, where the traffic patterns are and, and uh, where you want to be. I don't even know how the job's going to work out. You need to be patient and, and rent for a year and look for a year for the exact area and whatnot that you want to live in. They didn't take my advice. I didn't represent them as an agent. <laughs> they, bought, they bought a home, in fact, uh, very close to where my, uh, now my wife was living. And uh, here's what happened. It didn't work out well. Because they bought in 2007 and by 2008, we had that real estate collapse. But irrespective of that, it turned out that the way the traffic flow worked, every time she went to work, what should have been a 20-minute drive ended up being a 45-minute drive. They ended up not liking the area as much because it didn't. It wasn't close to some of the, the new friends they had made. And some of their hobbies, it was not close to all those things as well. They made the, the wrong home buying decision because they weren't patient. Because they thought, oh, I'm moving to a new area. I need to have a new home. And instead, what ended up happening was they were stuck in the home, they couldn't resell, and it, it wasn't until about six months ago that they resold their home. That's how long it took to recover from that. And that was like a prison for them. So the bottom line is be patient. Now, if you are not moving to a new area, but you're, but you're in an area that you already are familiar with, I also mean by being patient, not settling. Don't settle for anything but what you really want. This is such a big purchase. Be patient. There will be new things that come along. Don't make the assumption, the fatal assumption, that if you don't see it now, it's never going to show up. That's nonsense. I, uh, my my mother-in-law and father-in-law, they, they had a, a specific vision for what they wanted. And we looked, and it wasn't available at their price point. And I said, look, let's just be very patient here. We'll set up an autoresponder. And we'll look and we'll do, we'll do direct mail. We'll do everything we can to, uh, to get the word out, see if we can find the deal. Two and a half years later, and this was about a year ago and the market is booming, the perfect deal came up. It was priced way too low. It was, it was the perfect situation. We had an offer in full price, offer within an hour of it hitting the MLS. And they got the deal. It was a perfect home. So don't, don't buy into the garbage that if it's not available now, it'll never be. Be patient and wait for the right deal. Rule number three, five-year minimum. It's actually a better deal financially to rent in the short term over home ownership. I've got a great video on this subject on whether to rent or own your own home. And if you haven't watched that, do check that video out. And what I share in there is that in the long term is when home ownership really wins big. And five years is a really good cutoff point because the first couple of years, even in a healthy real estate market, when prices are appreciating, you have the commissions and closing costs that you have to pay when you resell. And those usually eat up any appreciation the first two to three years. And then since renting tends to be a little bit of a better deal financially, you need another couple of years in order to really outpace renting. That's how I get to the five-year mark. Now, this is deceptively difficult to follow because statistics have proven that with Americans anyways, uh, they tend to stay in the same home for five years or less on average. So that means that on average, you're probably going to stay in the home you're living in right now for less than five years. And that's a problem because renting would have been a better deal. But if you know that you know that you know you're going to be there at least five years, now you're in the strike zone. Now it becomes better to be a homeowner and not to be a renter. Rule number four, don't build new. Don't do it. Building new used to make sense. 
but it's not 1950 anymore. What's happened is slowly there's accumulated on top of each other more and more onerous building codes. And where we are today in 2019 is that there are so many different rules and regulations, it makes building new so difficult and so much more expensive than it should be. So there's a property that I own that the, uh, the property next door, it was a vacant two and a half acre lot, and someone bought the property and they built a home on it. And uh, they discovered just how big of a nightmare that can be when they discovered that there is a brand new uh, code that was put in place that depending on how close the house was going to be put to where there was a flood zone, that they would have to have a larger and larger foundation. They end up having to spend $65,000 more dollars in both the, the cost of the work as well as the materials of dirt to raise the house up high enough to meet the new code. They were supposed to move in in August, but I just learned they moved in about a week ago, about six, seven months later than what they wanted. And I asked them, so would you ever go through this experience again? And they were like, no, never again. And they were working with a great builder, by the way, too. So I'll keep this simple because I could go on for a long time and all the reasons why. Don't build new. Instead, buy existing. Buy existing. And this goes beyond just buying your own home. This is even if, let's say you're a business owner and you're looking for uh, an additional uh, commercial property for your business, always buy existing. And the reason is because existing structures were permitted and approved with earlier uh, codes. As we get later and later into the future, we get more and more onerous codes. It's really all about the government making it so flipping difficult to build new these days that the key is to buy existing. Rule number five. No brand new areas. So that's different from rule number four, which is do not build. What we're talking about here is buying a home in a subdivision that is currently being built out. Or it's in a part or a region of town where there's a bunch of subdivisions that are being built. This is very common that people do this. And it's highly risky. Let me explain why. What happens is when you buy a home, even if it's already been built, but it's newly built, and you're buying it in a subdivision where other homes are still being built, you're going to compete with the builder if and when you ever have to sell. Now that may not be today or tomorrow, maybe it's two or three or four years from now, even five or more, but if you're in an area where there's a lot of building going on, what's going to end up happening is even if the subdivision you bought a home in has been fully finished out and all the homes have been built, they might put another subdivision right next door or right next door. And so what ends up happening is if you ever want to sell, you have to compete against a builder who will beat you every time. Look, we've done a ton of deals as investors in this scenario right here, where the homeowner bought the property two years later, they need to get out, and they can't get out because if they try to list the property, they can't list it low enough to compete with the builder who has all these different incentives and offers the buyers their different paint colors. You can't win. I had a family member recently. I begged him, begged him, begged him when they bought this house, don't buy in a brand new, still uh, growing subdivision. Don't do it, don't do it. He still did it. Oh, so frustrating. And it was a new built home and he was able to do some custom upgrades, which are always a sucker play. They always cost way too much. You never get your money back out when you go to resell on those upgrades the builder does to you. So anyways, he gets this perfectly built and it was in the perfect lot, blah, blah, blah. Well, a couple of years later, he didn't expect it. He thought he was gonna live there for five years. 
A couple years later, his uh, spouse has a great job opportunity when it require them to move. And so he wants to, to consider selling this property. Contacts me about it. And I said, I told you not to buy in a brand new area. And he said, yeah, but Phil, this subdivision's already been finished out. I don't have to worry. I don't have any competition except for a couple of others, but they don't have the upgrades that I do. And I said, yeah, but you're missing the bigger point here. Right across from that subdivision, they're building 2,000 homes right now that you have to compete with. You're not going to compete with them. Anyways, he tried to compete. He didn't. He lost. He's now still living there. She didn't get a chance to take on that uh, great job opportunity, all because she is in prison. Didn't choose wisely. So don't uh, buy in brand new areas. Now, some of y'all might be thinking, but Phil, those might be my, the only homes I have available. Come on now. Well, I am going to share with you um, my secret technique for finding a great deal on your on your dream home here by the end of this video. I won't leave you hanging, but I do want to point out to you that if you want to know more about your local area and what's going on there as far as real estate, um, I've got a great video on three factors that determine uh, local real estate markets. You may want to dive into that, learn a little bit more about what your area is doing, because it could be possible that if it's the last home in a newly built subdivision and there's no more new subdivisions being built, that you could get away with this. But that's pretty rare. And so I think you're much safer, much safer always buying in an older, established neighborhood where you have a sprinkling of different aged houses and you don't have to compete with the builder if you ever had to sell because you still have to have a ripcord. You still have to be in a position where if you didn't live there for five years, you could get out and not lose money. And the way you're going to do that is an older, established neighborhood. Rule number six, buy below your means. Houses are so much more expensive than you think they are. It's all the things you have not calculated that are going to hit you. Things like appliances that go out when you least want them to go out, and all the other things that come with being a homeowner that are far more expensive than being a renter. So you have got to buy below your means. And that also means a couple of other tips related to this. So if you have a large enough down payment, it's better to go with a smaller down payment and then have an emergency fund if you don't already have one. You have got to prepare for the worst when you're a homeowner because the worst may hit you. And that also means if you're going to be buying a home, connect with a mortgage professional as early in the process as possible to learn what you can afford from a mortgage perspective and compare that to what you are already spending on a weekly and monthly basis to figure out how easily you can handle that so you know exactly what your means are. You want to go into the home buying process confident that you know the top limit of what you can buy for. And I know what you might be saying, but Phil, in my area, I mean, to even afford anything even remotely near my means, I have to kind of push it to the highest level. Well, then rent. Rent and then continue to earn more money in life. Build up your income, build up your assets, and then go at, at buying a property that fits your needs once your means are high enough to fulfill what you're looking to accomplish in the, the home you want. But do not buy above your means because then you put yourself right back in prison again. Because now you own a home where your entire paycheck is going to your, your mortgage and, and your taxes and your insurance and your maintenance and all the other things that go with home ownership. Which also means beware of, of homeowners associations. Those can be a real killer. I know that doesn't really fit into below your means. I got a video on that. Beware of owning real estate in the homeowners association. But uh, be very aware of that because that can also crush your means. Just wait until they decide to tell everybody in the neighborhood that you need to pay an extra $4,000 because they have to redo the, the sewer system. Oh, it happens. It happens a lot. So be very careful there too. Buy below your means and that will make a huge impact on what happens 
one year, two year, three year, four years down the road because you're not stressing all the time just so you could live in that slightly bigger brand new built home and that brand new subdivision that's ultimately just a bad, bad, bad idea. Rule number seven, know thyself. Know exactly what you want in your dream home. Know what you're looking for and then you can go about the process of finding that. Now I've got a great video on how to how to get a bargain, how to get a great deal on your dream home. And in that video, I share with you this technique that I've applied in my own personal life and I teach my friends and family to do. And uh, it only works if you know exactly what you're looking for. And you have to be patient because it can take some time. You have to look at a bunch of houses. You have to go back and forth if you're, if you're married. And you all have to come to some understanding of exactly what you're looking for, what, what is mandatory, what is required, what is not required. And, uh, and be open and be flexible to making sure that you get what you absolutely need and then don't worry about the things that you don't absolutely need. I, uh, I also encourage you at this point, with, with such a lack of inventory at the, especially at the more affordable housing price points, to consider some things that need a little bit of fix-up work, need a little bit of cosmetic fix-up. Uh, there's a great loan program out there, and that loan program will allow you to have the money available to do the renovations after you close. And so maybe you don't move in the day you close. Maybe it takes a month for the fix-up to get finalized. But then you have a, a quasi-brand-new uh, built home, right? You have a fully remodeled home, but it was remodeled with the right paint colors that you wanted. And so it's all boils back down to knowing thyself. You have to know exactly what you're looking for, and then you can go after it and go and get it. All right, well, I hope you've enjoyed these, these seven rules. I've had plenty of friends and family that I've preached this to. Some of them have listened, some of them not. The ones that have not listened to me have always come to regret it. This is very powerful stuff if you can apply it, despite all the distractions and all the things out there that are going to try to derail you from these ideas. And um, I'm Phil Pustiovsky, by the way, if I didn't introduce myself. I'm a full-time real estate investor and mentor and coach for real estate investing. I'm just kind of sharing with you my wisdom from the real world. But if you have an interest in real estate investing, I, um, I've got a book, How to Be a Real Estate Investor, bestseller. Go to my website, freedommentor.com, get a free copy of it. And uh, if you want to be a first-class market-leading real estate investor who's making a fortune right now, uh, then consider my apprentice program where my coaching team and I, we work with you step-by-step step and we turn you into a money-making machine. We share with you things like this times 10,000 and take you way deep inside this industry so you are an expert and you can excel quickly, efficiently, and enjoy the process.